Today's scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live accordingly to the flesh. For if you live accordingly to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive the Spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The cashier hands you a paper receipt assuring you that you've fully paid for your groceries. The crossing guard waves her hand assuring you that it's safe for the kids to cross the street. The pharmacist scribbles some numbers on that little card assuring you that you're now fully vaccinated. The wedding ring wiggles on your finger assuring you that vows are being kept. The dog pants and wags her tail assuring you of her devotion enjoy. The indicator light on your router glows, assuring you that yes, your internet is working. The nurse gives you a phone call, assuring you that the test results were negative. The phone flashes a notification banner, assuring you that yes, your team won the game. The email from Amazon appears in your inbox, assuring you that your package is on the way. Every day, and multiple times a day, we are given, we receive, we depend upon something we deeply need. It's assurance. Assurance. Sure, some of the examples that I just listed are, are more petty than others. I'm not talking about the Amazon delivery one. But really, it's hard to overstate, especially in light of the fragile and insecure world that we live in, just how much we lean on reassurances, indicator lights, phone notification, words and gestures from people, confirmation emails in your inbox, just to make it through the day. So it should be no surprise to us just how much we need this spiritually too, how much we need assurance in our hearts of God's love because of our doubts, because of uncertainties, because we're forgetful, fearful, sinful. And the good news is that this is exactly what's promised to us in the Bible. Did you know that one of the most important jobs that the Holy Spirit has is to provide you with daily moment-to-moment -moment assurance? That's what we're told in verse 16 of today's passage. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If you're in Christ, you're not only forgiven of your sins, we talked about that last week, you're brought into the family of God as one of his children. 
But children need constant reminders, guarantees that they're loved, that they're safe, that they belong. And the Bible tells us that God has taken upon himself the job to reassure us of these things. The Holy Spirit daily provides us, God's children, with life-giving assurance for our faith. He bears witness to the truth, guarantees, encourages us that we are God's children. But why do we need this assurance? And what exactly is the assurance that the Spirit brings us? Let's keep exploring this passage together in two parts. First, the struggle for assurance, and second, the provision of assurance. So first, the struggle. Why do we need assurance from the Holy Spirit? Here's an answer that we're given. Because the Christian life is a struggle. It's really hard. First, we struggle against our flesh. Notice how the Apostle Paul describes our daily struggle against sin in verse 13. For if you will live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. As we saw last week, the language of flesh refers not to the skin on our physical bodies, but to the corruption of our souls, that fallen part of our humanity that's inclined towards self-centeredness and sin. That's the flesh. So we're told in the verse that if we live just letting our flesh direct our lives, our sinful thoughts, desires, and actions, then we'll be met with a kind of spiritual death, a, a deadening of our souls. But we're also told we have the option of fighting back against the flesh. If by the Spirit you, what, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The old Puritans used to call this struggle the mortification of sin. John Owen once wrote a book by that title, and in it, commenting on these verses, he wrote these memorable words. Do you mortify? Do you make it your daily work? Be always at it while you live. Cease not a day from this work. Be killing sin, or it will be killing you. It's worth pausing and asking ourselves, what specific sins of the flesh are you presently fighting against? Not just noticing, not just acknowledging, not even just confessing, fighting against. And are you trying to put it to sleep or are you trying to put it to death? It, it might be your unhealthy attachment to money, the way you treat it like a god in your life. It might be the way you're always using people at work just to get ahead. It might be the way that you twist the truth, lying all the time just to look good. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. Because the Bible tells us that the struggle against sin and flesh is a battle. It's a fight. It's mortal combat. And here's the point. If we've got the correct image in our minds of the realities of this struggle, that it's a spiritual life or death struggle, then it becomes clear we need help in this fight. The mortification of sin is only possible, verse 13, by the Spirit. 
But there's another kind of struggle, another reason we need the assurance of the Spirit. This passage tells us not only about the struggle against the flesh, but also the struggle against fear. Verse 15 reminds the children of God, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. The apostle is reminding us that Christ came to set us free. And that is because we, by nature and left to ourselves, live in a kind of spiritual slavery. Someone says, what do you mean? I'm as liberated as it gets. Well, have you ever said to yourself, if I don't achieve that one thing, then I'm a nobody? The Bible says you're a slave to that achievement. Or have you ever felt, if they don't love or accept me, I'm nothing? You're a slave to that relationship. Or have you ever believed, if I lose that one thing, I've lost everything? Hey, you're a slave to that thing you lost, that job, that possession. And the Bible tells us that this spiritual condition of slavery is always marked by fear. The fear of loss, of loved ones, of missed opportunities, of acceptance. Fear the inability to control your circumstances. Fear that your life won't matter. Fear of pain and suffering. Fear of judgment. Fear of loneliness. Fear of death. What are you afraid of today? What fear is enslaving you, holding you maybe in bondage? See, even after we're united to Christ, even once we're brought back into the family of God, verse 15 says, we fall back into fear. We're constantly sliding back into a habit of fear. And this is why we need the assurance of the Holy Spirit. Again, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. We need assurance. The Holy Spirit will give you what you need for your struggle with fear. The Holy Spirit will give you what you need for your struggle with the flesh. And this brings us to the provision of assurance. What is the assurance that the Holy Spirit offers us? The Spirit of God assures us in our struggles against our fears and our flesh that we are God's beloved children. Second half of verse 15 through 17, let me read it for you. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. So here's what's going on in these verses. We are by nature spiritual orphans, fatherless, parentless, even spiritual slaves. We just talked about that. But God adopts you in Christ as his child. And he does this through his one natural son, Jesus. Your adoption papers were signed with the blood of Christ, his life and death for you. And here's how the Holy Spirit brings us assurance. He does it on two levels of our lives. First, he brings us the objective evidence of the gospel. 
He brings us the objective evidence of the gospel. We're told in verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness. This is courtroom language. The Holy Spirit brings you eyewitness testimony, as it were. He brings you the objective evidence of the gospel, the facts of the gospel. And what are those facts? God in the gospel gives you a new legal status before God. You know, the phrase in verse 15, adoption as sons, it's actually a single word in the original Greek language. It was a well-known term that referred to a legal process in ancient Rome. If you were a wealthy person and you had no children, no one to pass your wealth, your estate onto, you could adopt a boy, a young child. Legally, all that child's debt, first of all, would be immediately canceled. They would start fresh. And then the child would immediately receive all the legal and financial privileges and protections as the heir and son of this new father, just as if he were naturally born. So when Paul uses this word, everyone in the ancient church would have understood exactly what he was talking about. And this is why verse 15 refers to adoption as sons. Sons. Now, Paul wasn't simply succumbing to the patriarchy of his day. He was being very deliberate in his word choice because in the ancient world, who received the inheritance in the family? Only sons. Who who was it that had full rights and privileges in ancient families and in ancient society? Only sons. So listen to what Paul is saying. Hear this radical promise. No matter what you are, no matter whatever your gender or your social status, if you come in Jesus, you have the legal rights of an ancient son. You'll be treated with the full rights of sonship. So here's how the assurance of the Holy Spirit works. You hobble spiritually into the courtroom, the courtroom of your soul, the courtroom of your mind. And in your fears and in your flesh, begin to testify, I'm condemned for my sins. The Holy Spirit stands up and says, objection, I've got a better testimony. You're forgiven in Christ. You're a beloved child. You testify again, I'm all alone. The Holy Spirit stands up again and and says, Objection! I've got a better testimony. You've been adopted. You have a heavenly father. You belong in his family. And you say, I'm broke. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. And the Holy Spirit says, Let me give you some facts. You are an heir of God. You've got an inheritance and all the riches of heaven are yours. Do you see, beloved, will will you hear the Holy Spirit bear witness to the objective evidence, the facts, the assurance of the gospel? But he does more than this. First, he offers the objective evidence of the gospel, but second, he offers a personal experience of the gospel and pours it deep into our hearts. Again, verse 16 tells us the Spirit himself bears witness, what? With our spirit, with our spirit, that we are children of God. He doesn't just give us the facts of the gospel. He helps us inwardly to experience those facts personally. 
He brings you into agreement with him. He bears witness with our spirit. We're told in verse 15 that by the spirit of adoption, we cry, Abba, Father. Now, Abba is the ancient Aramaic word for father. See, this isn't courtroom language. Now, this is family room language. He doesn't just give us the truth, the objective truth about our adoption. He helps us to live our adoption. He helps us to emote our adoption. He frees us to cry out in light of our adoption. Abba, Father, do you see the grace in this? How God goes even further than just guaranteeing your legal belonging in his family, as wonderful as that is. Like any good parent, though, he goes beyond that. God wants you to be really sure that he really does love you as a son or as a daughter. So he gives you spiritual power by his spirit to experience your sonship to reassure your hearts. And he doesn't just give us the truth. He gives us a conversation. You say, I'm condemned for my sins. And the Holy Spirit says, now go on ahead, Abba Father, bring that to your heavenly Father and hear him say, I love you, my child. I forgive you. You are my beloved daughter. And, and you say, I'm all alone. The Holy Spirit says, go on ahead, Abba Father, bring that to your Father. Cry out to Him because you've been adopted. Hear Him say to you, I'm listening. You are mine and I'm yours. You belong to me, my child. And you say, I'm broke, I've got nothing. And the Holy Spirit says, go on ahead, Abba Father, bring your tears to your Father. You're His heir. Hear Him say to you, Hear him say to you, even when you don't feel it, yes, you are my child. Everything I have is yours. And you begin to find yourself saying, even when you don't feel it. Ah, oh, yes, it is true. God is my father. I am a son. I am a daughter. I am his heir. Guess what? Assurance. And you cry out to him spontaneously, passionately. I have a daddy. Where's my daddy? I need my daddy. The Holy Spirit helps us to do this, bringing again and again the objective evidence and the personal experience of the gospel in the midst of our struggles with our flesh and our fears. Friends, apart from the Holy Spirit, we could not persevere in our faith. We wouldn't make it, not through the battle. We wouldn't make it to that finish line. Thank God for the assurance of the Holy Spirit. One final word as we close. Uh, remember, we said that as we become a child, uh, we're also brought into a family. This is a family responsibility, a family project, a community thing that we do together. Do you know that there is around you a brother, a sister that needs you to turn to them and give them the gift of assurance where you say, hey, hey, I know you're struggling, but don't you know you're forgiven. 
where you, you turn to a, a sister or a friend who, who, who maybe is feeling alone and you go near to them and, and you tell them, brother, sister, hear this gift of assurance, God is on your side. And where you go to them and, and maybe even today you, you pick up your voice and you sing just a little bit louder because you know they need to hear songs of assurance that they're a beloved child, that they're an heir of God, that they have a heavenly father, that they can cry out to God in their pain, that they can believe confidently, humbly, assuredly that they're a child, that they've been adopted, no matter what their flesh and their fears might make them feel. Will you give that gift to another person around you even today? The gift of the assurance of the Holy Spirit. Will you yourself receive that gift too? The gift of assurance from the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your overwhelming and lavish love for us seen in this gift. Heavenly Father, that you not only uh, seek to save us, but you give us assurance of that salvation. Holy Spirit, that you come near to us and work within us, dwelling within us, fighting for us, giving us confidence in your promises, helping us to believe by faith that we really are adopted, that we really are free. Pray especially for those today that might be wrestling with assurance of their salvation. Speak to their hearts and encourage them even now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.